What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I am your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with the Lazy Eye here connecting with people who have incredible stories to tell. Now, today's guest is, I mean, I know it was hard to uh, follow up on John Franklin and what a great interview that was, but our next guest, man, just as fun, just as exciting. Uh, if you're a golfer, this one's for you. I'm talking about Alec Lorenzo. He is the co-founder of Pinned and the Pinned Rangefinder, the most sought-after rangefinder on the market, the Prism. Go check it out on their website. The story of Pinned Golf is really incredible. Here in New England, just three guys having a round of golf and deciding it's time to make a more affordable but also a high-quality rangefinder for us amateur golfers. So without... Further ado, we have an incredible interview. We talk about a bunch of different stuff beyond just the sport of golf. We have a a <laughs> we have a drone in the podcast. We have a shirtless roommate walking into the into the interview. It is an all time blast. So, without further ado, here is Alec Lorenzo. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. So a big shout out to Alec Lorenzo for coming on this week's episode and sharing more about his story and the story behind Pinned. Be sure to go follow Pinned on social media. I'll link things all in the description of this week's podcast. Let's keep our fingers crossed for some good weather so that you can still get out there on the course and use your incredible pinned rangefinder 60 rounds of golf on one charge you'll be using this thing for many years before you even have to charge it so again huge shout out hope you guys like that interview be sure to go follow us on instagram and uh tiktok at normal guy lazy eyes so you can check out clips from this week's episode and we're approaching episode 100 it's incredible it's hard to believe so let me know who you want me to try and get here for that monumentous episode who's that big white whale that we can get on this show and have an incredible conversation with shout out to all the guests that we've had on this show you are all amazing shout out to all you listeners and i will see you all next week with another episode well everyone on this week's episode we welcome a very special guest and a very successful entrepreneur what started as an idea amongst three friends has now turned into one of the biggest names in golf. Alec Lorenzo is the co-founder of Pin Golf, and for the last four years, their rangefinder has been seen on things like the PGA Tour, USA Today, Barstool's Floor Play, and many more. These friends from New England have definitely something working here. So Alec, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Wow, what an intro. Well, thanks for having me. Here. <laughs> hey, I don't mess around with the intros. My guests, I'm just a normal guy with a lazy eye. So my guests are always the much better person. I got to give them, I got to give them the intro they deserve. You know what well, I mean? Thank you very much. He's stoked to be on with you today. Absolutely. So uh, as the story goes, Penn was thought of on the President's Golf Course in Quincy, Massachusetts. So I got to ask, is that your favorite course here in the state of Massachusetts? Uh, I wouldn't say favorite. Uh, for a long time, I used to work down in, in Quincy and live down in Quincy. So it was a stone throw away from our office. So mm. I'd sneak out on Fridays to go play. And um, they had a sick deal. It was like 800 bucks for all you could play for the entire year. So That's yeah, awesome. it, was, it was a no brainer. So me and my two co-founders would find ourselves over there quite often. And, and that's just kind of where the, uh, the idea came to be. I love that. My, my course that's right next to my work is Leo J. So I, okay. I'm assuming it's a little bit better than that. So. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Shout out to Leo J. I mean, if you want to go play nine holes on a dog track, by, by all means, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually never played over there. 
Uh, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. A lot, a lot of um, a lot of really bad lies. And I mean, if you if you want to practice getting out of crappy situations, definitely <laughs> go play over there. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta you gotta sprinkle that in every once in a while. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you're never gonna hit the fairway ten times out of ten. So why yeah. not just throw it into the dirt for a little bit? You know, a hundred percent. But I would say my my favorite course is probably um, I'd probably say South Shore Country Club down in okay. uh, down in Hingham. Okay. So, I haven't tried that. Is that a public course or a private course? Yeah, public. Okay. So I got to go yeah. try that one. I've played um, uh, Robert T. Lynch in Brookline, which is, is, it's not the country club, but it'll do. It's yeah, better than Leo J. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've done Mount Hood up in um, in Melrose, which is actually yeah. pretty nice. It's, yeah. it's a little bit more yeah. on the steeper end of, 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 of a price range for a public course, but it's pretty nice. Yeah. If yeah, you want a five, five, six hour round of golf, that's the place to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now you say that i actually i do remember the one time i played there it was like really long it was like oh you're waiting five, forever five and a half hours. you're waiting forever i want to say it's like either a uh, whole 10 or 11 it's literally like a 20 foot mountain right oh, yeah. out the tee shot and like so yeah. you don't know where the people in front of you are yeah and like you got like you, i mean we had the like one of our guys just run up and see like are they close? Sure enough, they're like right on the hill. So if we hit this thing, it's going right at their heads. So I was like, yeah. you know what? Let's just wait. You got to wait for a while. But that's the thing with like the 10 minute tea times at public courses. It's you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're spraying and praying on those blind shots and just praying that no one gets killed. Apology. Apologize for oh, after. Don't worry about the before. Always exactly. apologize after. <laughs> exactly. But what would you say? We'll get to pinned in a little bit. But what would you say is the best course in New England that you've played? In New England, mm -hmm. hmm, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Granite Links is it's it's nice, right? Yeah. Like, the views of the city are just unbelievable. It's a, a a beautiful course. Everything is pristine from the the sand traps to the greens, everything. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, probably nicest. I probably I would probably say Granite. I like it. I like you it. Know, it's a close it just, one. It's a close one. You don't have to drive down to like Connecticut or something exactly. to go see a nice golf course. So exactly. So <laughs> I, I I will say I, I haven't played too too many nice courses. Actually, Cohasset Country Club down in Cohasset is also wicked nice. I'm just trying to think on top of my head like the really nice courses because that one's that one's private and yeah, you got pulled on by a couple members, which is cool. Nice. Um, but, That's what I gotta do. I gotta start making making friends with members. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it helps when you work in the golf industry. Yeah, I was gonna say you're you're set now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I, I dude, I, I thought I would be playing a lot more when I started pinned and then started doing it full time. I thought I told my buddies, I was like, dude, if I don't get really good at golf, like I might just hang them up for good and just focus on pin. Like right. I have to be getting really good because I thought I'd be out there all the time. And, couple months into it i was just like shit i'm not getting out really at all right because it's, it's busy like, yeah, exactly. exactly work like, sucks yeah, man yeah good problem to have but like yeah, right. i, I want to be on the golf course you know absolutely want to be responding to emails i'd rather be golfing exactly I mean, well you got to find a system where you can respond on the golf course yeah, quick yeah. responses yeah yes only ask for yes yeah. no questions so yes no send done <laughs> best regards alec yeah exactly. <laughs> But do you have like a dream course that you would want to play in New England? Mine's got to be the Country Club because I got to go to the U.S. Open and, and see that thing in real in like real time, and that place yeah. is just that's pristine. And the fact that it's right in my backyard, right in our backyard, I'm like, how does this place exist? Yeah, uh, dream course in New England, uh, probably the Country Club. Yeah, not the Country Club Co course down in Rhode Island, Shelter Harbor. Um, a lot of my friends growing up 
for members there and they just rave about how nice it is there. Mm. Um, yeah, you put me on the spot. I can't really think of um, quick, quick questions right off the yeah, bat. You're no, like, dude, I, I slow it. It down. <laughs> I love it. No, 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 keep, keep it coming. But yeah, I'd probably say either one of those places. Love it. Love it. All right. So uh, you grew up in Stonington, Connecticut here in New England. And I always ask on our show that every story has a beginning. So let's start with yours. What was life like growing up in the Lorenzo household? Well, grew up in West Hartford. Pardon me. Pardon me. So we'll we'll edit that out. <laughs> facts, right? yeah, um, I'm just busting balls. Um, <laughs> yeah. Grew up in, grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut. Um, like hacked around golf. Didn't really focus on golf, played yeah. football, basketball, and baseball growing up. Um, so would go out, would, our parents would drop us off at the golf course in the, in the summer when we were like 10, 12 years old and just pick us up hours later. But like, we would just run around, wreak havoc, like just go hunting for Throw sand at each and, other. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> frogs and balls in the woods and stuff like that. So weren't really ever playing golf. Um, but then got to high school and, got a job at the local country club um and that's we could play for free monday and monday and tuesday so it was just like okay well i gotta take advantage of this it's right. one of the nicer courses i've ever been on um shout out wampanoag um and it was right across the street from our high school so it was just it was perfect yeah um so yeah just played football baseball and, and basketball growing up and went to then ended up at uh, assumption college in worcester I love that. I always tell people like a, a lot of kids that are like going into college or like 16, 17, 18 years old, if you can get a, a job at like, I, yeah. I know I'm about to sound very privileged when I say this, but if you can get a job at your local country club, that's the best summer job to have. And I, mean, I, will, I will second that. Thank 100%. you. Thank you. The connections that you have, the, I mean, I, I was on the other side. I was at, I was at the sport, the spa and sports club. I never got to wander over to the golf side of the house, but I, cause I, I ran our aquatics program in the summers and like, by the end of the summer, like if you, if you're there for four five, six summers, you run the place. Cause oh, yeah. like, you know, you know, everybody, you know, all the general managers, you know, all the bosses and they don't give a crap because you're bringing in revenue. Like I, I'll never forget. I think I've told this story on the show, but um, and shout out to the tennis pro over there. I know, I'm sure he's a big fan of the show, but I remember billing the kids for the summer swim team. And like, I, I was, I was 20 years old when I ran the, yeah. when I ran the team, I was 20. Right. And I'm billing all these kids and, and the tennis pro comes in and we had one little tiny POS system. Like, you know, you had to get in line to use it. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, are you almost done? I was like, uh, not really. Like, I'm not, I'm not almost done. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean? Like I got, I got all these tennis lessons. I got to build. I was like, if you give me like 30 minutes, I'll be done. And he's like 30 minutes. How much revenue did you bring in? And I gave him the number and he was like, he's like, you're shitting me. And I was like, no dude, like this is how much they're paying. And he's like, yeah. he's like, I did half that in my tennis camp. And I was like, I'm sorry, yeah. dude. Like, Sucks, dude. Try harder. Yeah. Try harder. I guess. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the more, kids swimming, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. like I'd rather swim when it's 95 degrees out than go play, uh, play tennis. No offense. Shout out to the tennis team, but like, I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> but yeah, man, like that's, I tell kids all the time. Like if you can, if you can, if you can get a job at the, at the country club, whether your first summer, you're, you're folding towels, start there because you're going to make, so many connections that it's worth every hour that you're there a hundred percent did i couldn't agree more working there was one of the better jobs i've ever had um other than my family owned an italian ice company when we were growing we'll get up into that in a second yeah so that's, that's kind of what i took over and and got to run that too um but other than that it was the the greatest job i ever had 
I love that. So, so perfect segue. It's like you read the questions before this, but yeah. we, we, we've interviewed a couple of successful entrepreneurs on this show. And I've always found that a lot of entrepreneurs catch that bug and start, you know, kind of uh, having those ideas pretty early on. You managed your own, um, you know, Italian ice company, for lack of a better term, for many summers. Would you say that's where you kind of started getting that entrepreneurial itch to start something of your own like this? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and even taking a step back from that, I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, was playing in the youth basketball league. And like, I got, I asked to create this like snack stand. So mm. I would just get a fold up table, go to BJ's, get snacks, sell them during the games and would hire my cousins to when I was playing. And then that was sort of like my very first business was that, um, just ripping at that every Saturday and Sunday. And then my parents owned the Italian ice company. So I was around that all the time, like growing up um, and seeing them sort of hustle and, and just make money. It was just like, okay, well, this is really cool and not have to like, to, to like present or just to roll up to anyone. It was right. just, it, that was just sort of like, okay, well, this is definitely something I want to do when I'm older. And um, then I got to take that over too. And it was just, it was great. I love that. I always, I always respect like the side hustles for these, like, especially when they're like 10, 11, 12 year olds that are like, I mean, even if I have the chance to stop at a lemonade stand, I'll do it. Cause I just respect the heck out of it. Like they're, they're grinding out there. Like I was, I'm, I was running through like the, um, on the Minuteman bike, bike path in here like in the Somerville area and like these kids had these had a lemonade stand set up and I obviously I don't carry cash anymore yeah. but these kids I was like hey guys like I'd love to help but I don't carry cash and he goes you got Venmo right and I was yeah, like yeah, Venmo. okay yeah. let's go 100 <laughs> like, dude they got it. my mom's yeah. phone just Venmo her and I was like dude this guy's got it down he's got it all dude you know they're getting smart they are. I was like back in my day we'd ask for a couple quarters and everyone carried change yeah. we'll just we'll take what you got you know I threw him a 10 because I was like, dude, you're a genius. Keep yeah. it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Any chance I can get to, to do that, 100%. I love that. It's great. So, go, so, oh, go ahead. So I was going to say, so uh, as I said at the beginning, the idea for PIN came during a round of golf with your buddies. Uh, let's, let's create a more affordable and a more accurate rangefinder, right? What was that like for you guys before – getting to that idea, you know, like as, you know, three amateur golfers yourself, you're, you're, you know, you kind of talked about this on another show that I was listening to, like, well, we're just out of college. We're paying a lot of stuff, rent, student debt, groceries, card payments, whatever it may be. And then they're like, you want to go get an $800 range finder. What was that like? So where would that kind of idea kind of get created for pin when it first all started? Yeah. Um, it was on the, the 15th hole at presidents and it's like, uh, it's a shot over the water and it's, it's, it's farther than it looks and we just, we, none of us had a range finder. So we pulled the club and hit it and ended up in the water. So we were just like, all right, well, this fucking sucks. Like we needed a range finder, right? right. Like there, there's no doubt about it. So we turned to Amazon and, and bought a cheap one off of it. And the next day we went out and played again. And literally it was sort of dinky, almost dying throughout the entire round. And then the, the very next round that we played, it broke completely. So that was sort of like the aha, like, well, this was $80 on Amazon. So like, that's the floor. Is, is <laughs> that's there, the basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like the basement. Is, it, is there a room for something in between that and the four, five, $600 range finder that's out there? And 
what we saw on Amazon was not really. Um, and then once we saw that, we were like, okay, well, hey, maybe there's room for another player in the game. Mm-hmm. There's always room, right? I mean, if you if you if you're fixing a problem that hasn't been solved, which you guys found, you didn't want to be on the basement floor with Amazon, and and like, I mean, like, how can you, like, how can as a 24 year old, 25 year old that's just getting started with golf or whatever afford a rangefinder when I can, I'm like, oh, my Uber Eats bill is going to be 50 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. If I'm, if I'm scoffing at a $4 delivery fee, I ain't going to walk into an Amazon cart with an $800 rangefinder. Sorry. It's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it was just, it was the aha moment. Like you said, I mean, between rent, groceries, car bills, student loans, going out in Southie two times a week. And like, those, those bills covers aren't quick. cheap either. Yeah. <laughs> those bills add up quick. And as much as we wanted to to think that adding a rangefinder would really help our game, which it does, mm-hmm. the, it just, we couldn't justify spending 600 bucks on it. No. And what I love about the pin story is how you guys tried to start getting, you know, getting it in the door. You, know, you talked a little bit about you, you were doing tech sales before, going pin full time. So you're, you're used to cold calling and, 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 and trying to spark conversation, yeah. but now you're trying to cold call into these Massachusetts public courses to yeah. basically buy your rangefinder and then rent it out to their, to their members. Yeah. And um, for those that don't know Massachusetts golf, um, the, uh, the course heads and like the, um, I don't even know how you, what pros. you want to just, the, pro, the, the pros, right. Yeah. The pros, the air quotes. Um, no, <laughs> They're a little bit. They're a little bit old-fashioned. They like to do things how they've been doing things because it's worked, and that's fine. So, what was that like for you, calling into these these clubs and asking to say, "Hey, I got this brand new idea," and they're like, "Dude, no." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, as you would expect, right? Like during the day from nine to five, we're cold calling, we're cold email, we're getting told to screw off, and yeah. no, we're not interested, and and fuck off, and, and anything under the sun, right? And then exhausted from a full work day than to go home and try and do the same thing to bill who's been sitting behind the cash register at the local course for the last 30 years and try and sell them on this this new product like it just it it wasn't happening and and those no's just continued to pile up and we were just like okay there's got to be another way besides just because right, the original idea kind of alluded to it was to to buy these wholesale too, and then just to sell them to courses to have courses rent them out, have that be a new revenue stream for all these courses. Especially up here in the Northeast, they're only open for six months, so they got six months to to rake in as much cash as possible. So we were just like, well, it's a no-brainer, right? Like all of course pros will have to say yes, right? Like they're, we're bringing in, modeled it all out, broke down all the math for them, and they, no one was interested. So we're just getting told no, no, no. And we're sitting on a decent amount of them. So we're like, okay, well, can we turn to social media to get rid of these things? Mm-hmm. And that's where things took off. I love that. I got to ask too, and for a product like this, and, and just like any entrepreneur, you want your product to be perfect, right? Especially, you know, you don't want to be a poor quality product for cheap. And you don't want to be, you know, this high, like high tech where you have to charge a super premium. But it was like, and it's not always going to happen on the first try. What was it like for you, the process of like finding the prototypes and making sure that when you got to that first edition of the pinned rangefinder, this is what you wanted to start with at least? Yeah. 
I mean, and you hit the nail on the head. That's where we want to start, right? Like, again, there, there's a saying, it was like, if you aren't embarrassed by your very first product that you put out, then you've waited too long to release it. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of our mindset throughout the entire thing was just like, okay, like this is, we're, let's just throw it out there and see what happens, right? Like this isn't going to be the model that we work with continuing moving down the line. Like, let's just test this. Let's throw it against the wall and, and see if it sticks. And it did. So because it stuck, then we were able to sort of reinvest all of that money into working with designers to perfect it and, and create one that we aren't embarrassed to, to put out in public, you know? I love that. I, it's a, I love that analogy because like you could say that about a product. You could say right. that about a, a podcast, a YouTube video, whatever it is. If you want to try and perfect, like something is better than nothing at, at some point. 100%. Right. And so like, you got to go back to the drawing board. Sure. But like, I was like, I mean, we're on episode 92 here today of this right. podcast. Like if I waited forever to get to this point of the show and interview 92 people before releasing it, like no one give a crap at that point. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? So just put it like, yeah, like it's funny to watch back to episode one but like and i'm sure you guys laugh about the days of, of the first edition and it's like that's something to hold on to because it's a fun memory because it's all it's where it all started you know what i mean Dude, it's great like i'll scroll through our instagram all the time just all the way down to the bottom just looking at the old pictures i love your guys' old pictures just like you guys out on the golf course like <laughs> no product like, just where are you yeah. playing this weekend because <laughs> like we didn't know what we were doing back then right like we were just like okay let's see Let's see what this is. Let's just post a bunch of golf shit and we're, we're a golf company, right? Like, right. so let's just post golf stuff. And when we have the product, then we'll start posting. And uh, yeah, I, I, we lived by that saying, and that's just, and now we're very happy with how it looks now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So after your time out of college, you had a pretty sturdy job. We talked about your tech sales job. Uh, when you decided to, to, pull the plug on that and go pin full time was there any nervousness what was that like to finally put in your your quote-unquote two weeks what was that like for you was it a relief was it nerves what was that moment like for you um i'm not gonna say oh i mean there was a little nerves right like this was this was march of 21 so we were mid sort of middle to end of the pandemic yeah right and i i hadn't been in the office in over a year right so i i hadn't seen any of my co-workers i hadn't seen so i had a really close relationship with our ceo over there granted shout out rob hale um he's the man just absolute stud um and i had a really close relationship with him so i had to go in there and tell him the first time being in the office for in a, a year and a half that right. this is this is coming to an end um and obviously he's an entrepreneur so he was absolutely nothing but positive towards me and and gave me nothing but words of encouragement but that was what i was more nervous about than actually making the leap right i i knew i wasn't going to burn any bridges with that like we still have a really great relationship we still keep in touch today like we still shoot the shit and, and all of that but like i knew that pinned was in a good place to where i could make an, an immediate impact by doing this full time and we were just continuing to grow because right because covid had happened golf took off so we were just riding that wave. Yeah. So we you were just going up and up. You, you know? have to. If you, exactly. if you if you miss that opportunity, you, uh, you know, exactly. I'm sure you'll agree with this. You wouldn't be where you are today. A hundred percent, dude. So it's it right place, right time. And it was the right place and right time to, to pull the plug at Granted. And I did. And it, it it's honestly been the best decision I've ever made. And it's just been, it's been an absolute blast the last 
year and a half almost of yeah. doing this full time. Hundred percent. All right. So you have a product and you have a brand and you're a three person team. What was it like to get this thing out in the early days into the golf world? You talked about the the start on social media. And I know there's a story about how you guys got involved with Barstool. But I mean, like, at the end of the day, it's not like you have a multi-million dollar Titleist, you know, Callaway marketing no. budget here. How are you throwing this thing out there and getting it in front of eyeballs? Yeah, not, not in the slightest. Um, <laughs> we just, we got dirty, right? Like, we just started hustling. And that was why I, I sort of chose the two co-founders that I did because I knew that they were hustlers. And I knew that putting our three brains together that we would be able to make it happen. And um, we hit the ground running and just started reaching out to a lot of social media influencers, right? Like before starting Pinned, I thought an influencer was kind of like a loser, right? Like I, I didn't, you know, like- Didn't we all? Yeah, I was just like, what are these guys doing, dude? Yeah. But that was in the early days, right? Now right. people are making tons of money doing it and we're paying people tons of money to do it. So it's like, now it's just, it's come full circle. But um, we just started reaching out to a lot of people and just being like, hey guys, we'd love to get our product in your hands to try out. And if you like it, maybe give us a shout out. If you don't, let us know what you don't like about it, right? Like yeah. we were trying to start a brand. Well, we did start a brand. We were trying to continue to grow a brand. We weren't just trying to, to flip some range finders and be done with it to make a quick buck, right? Like we were, we truly wanted to start a company and, and any and all feedback, even to this day, we ask every single customer that is, is not happy for one reason or another, we're like, Hey, tell us point blank. Like, what don't you like about it? Right. What, what would you improve? What don't you like about it? Because then we can go to the drawing board and continue to evolve, continue to grow in, in our engineering and in all of that. So, um, yeah, when we first started, it was just kind of like, again, spray and pray. Let's see who's out there. Let's see who wants to, to try to try out the product. Let's see what they think about it. And one spray and pray that, that landed right on the bullseye was with Riggs over at Barstool. Yeah. Now, I heard that as the story goes, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he basically just tweeted out like, hey, I'm in the market for a rangefinder. And you guys were just right away saying, hey, what's your address? We'll send you ours and let us know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> the power of a DM, right? It's yeah. what got you on this show. It's what got you in front of Briggs. Like it's <laughs> power yeah. of a DM. No, it's, it's wild. And and. It'll, it'll, that I obviously screenshotted it and it'll pop up on my time hop every once in a while. And yeah. I just, I can't help but laugh. I'm just like, it's, it's unbelievable. So, and like, cause I want people to, to, there's a drone flying outside my window. That's clear. Sorry. We'll cut that out. <laughs> I was just, I was like, it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, but like, cause for some people that are like, oh, that, and then, and then, like they just see point A to point Z from that. Like, oh, he DM'd Riggs and now they're the official rangefinder of Barstool Sports. Like, that's not how this crap works. Like, yeah. you got to keep the relationship going. You have to keep things moving. How has that relationship grown as you went from just handing Riggs a, a pin finder to what what this relationship with Barstool Sports is like today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, a constant back and forth, right? I think again, we support them in any avenue that they go down, right? Like they had the Barstool Fund going yeah. for a while. They had the LTP or I forget the, the exact- Yeah, the Let Them Play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let them, exactly. Let Them Play initiative. So like we did a lot of stuff in supporting them and and donating money towards them. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a almost a four-year relationship at this point. So it's it's been a blast to work with them. It's been, the, the coolest thing is just watching them grow as we grow, right? Like, 
again, we're all we're all New England people, all New England guys. Like, I remember four play and not four play, excuse me, Barstool when they were in Milton at the, yeah. the office, and it was still Portnoy, right, and writing the articles and all that, right? Like, that's that's the Barstool that I was introduced to, and now to see where it is now, and to almost to to help in that growth. It's it's been just a surreal experience and a, and a really cool experience to be a part of. Absolutely. So first came the pearl, then the blackjack, then the ace, and now we have the prism that just released back in April. Yeah. What did the and and I I hope I didn't miss any of them because I had to scroll through and make sure I got all of them. <laughs> you do. I, I will tell you one thing. You do your research. So it yeah, is. I mean, I got your hometown wrong right away. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll cut that out anyways. <laughs> No, we'll leave it. In. We'll leave it. In. We got to show the flaws. Got to show. We'll probably leave in the drone too because that was interesting. <laughs> do it live, baby. Fuck it. Do it live. Yeah, we'll do it live. Exactly. But so, what did the team learn? You know, we talked about putting out that MVP, like just freaking put it out and see what happens. But yeah. what have you learned? As you, I mean, like the Prism seems like it's the most sought after rangefinder in today's market. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. But how did you go from the pearl? No, a little clunky little guy. Yeah, okay. We'll call it what it is. Yeah, to the slick, to the slick, always sold out pinned prism. Yeah, I, it, just a lot of trial and error, right? I, I think again, the the pearl was just sort of let's throw this against the wall and see what happens. And then once we moved to the blackjack, we started working with some really good designers to sort of start designing something and. Um, the changes from the blackjack were from the pearl to the blackjack where we introduced slope. So the pearl was just gave you the distance. That was it. The blackjack had slope was a little bit faster on the software than the ACE. We included the slope. We included vibration. We included the third lens for improved accuracy and then come to the prism. Now we, it's the whole kit and caboodle, baby. It's, we got, we got everything from, from slope to the vibration to a built-in magnet to a USB multi-colors now. <laughs> and that's been uh, one thing I forgot to mention is the USB charge has been like our staple. So ever since ever since the Pearl, well, the Pearl didn't have it, and that's when we learned. That's when we started actually being like, okay, well, what else can we add to this that no one else has? And sure enough, that was something that no one else had. So we're like, okay, well, this is a huge selling point. So let's double down on that and. Now our the the prism has USB C charge that lasts you know, 50, 60 rounds. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I'll be lucky to play 50, 60 rounds here in New England this summer. You know what I mean? <laughs> mine lasts last two years. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, okay, I gotta ask because you guys have multi you have a multiple multitude of colors for the prism, but one that I I can never get my hands on is the blue. Did you see that being like when you put the color waves out? Were you like that that one will always sell out? I know it. <laughs> yeah, that that was a uh, that was a fan favorite. Um, we were showing our friends and and family before, like we were just landing on all the colors. Every single person we asked was like. You gotta go Carolina blue. You gotta go yeah, Carolina. It's like if the if the Tar Heel golf team doesn't have all pinned, you know, branded, <laughs> you know, UNC, like they're missing exactly. out. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. Absolutely. So from the surface, and uh, you know, in you know, one who peeks into pin can see it as a very successful company. But you and I know that running your own business comes with many challenges. What would you say has been your biggest challenge that you remember that you guys have overcome as a team? Um, I think early on, dude, just doing it as a side hustle was was really draining. Um, and I mean, 
working on working at when you get home, right? Like that's you, everyone works nine to five. Then you come home and the last thing you want to do is open back the laptop and start right. working out again, you know? And at that time we were answering every emails ourselves. We were responding to customers. We were shipping them ourselves. So we were, we were going to um, the post office at lunch. We were going to the post office before work, after work. So that was, that was really draining. Um, and once we were able to sort of put that behind us and, and do it full time, that's when, that's when we really started having fun. But I mean, looking back at it now, like that's, that's part of the whole story. So it, it's, it's been, it's been really fun, but I, I'd have to say that that was probably the, the hardest part of all of this, right? Like yeah. other than that, dude, things we learn on a daily basis, you don't know what you don't know. And, and every single day I'm learning new things. So like, that's another huge thing. So um, yeah, I'd probably say just juggling in the beginning, just juggling the, the nine to five and the side hustle. But all I have, what I got to say to anyone who's, who's currently doing it is just keep fucking going, dude. Yeah. Keep going. It will be worth it in the end. Cause again, it's worth it. Like I, I can truthfully tell you, there's nothing better than working for yourself. And if you have the ability to grow something to the point where you can do it by yourself, I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing in the world. Absolutely. And you brought up two things I wanted to touch on. Like, you don't know what you don't know is such an important thing for people to learn, especially when they're, they're starting something new. Like, don't be afraid to ask. You don't need to be a know-it-all when you're, when you're starting this business. Like when you go to start a business, that doesn't mean you have to be the expert on said business. So like, take the time to like watch a YouTube video or like ask a friend or like ask for a mentor. Like, don't like, if you go to try to become a know-it-all, like I, like with this podcast, like I, I've asked hundreds of different, you know, friends, uh, you know, other podcasters, even like, editors that are way better at it than I am just like whether it's like even like adding the video to the sound and all that so it all links up like I've I've had my dumb questions but there's no such thing as a dumb question like don't be trying to be a know-it-all I I I can I can't say that enough yeah 100% and 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 learning is is part of this the most fun part right like I didn't know any of this stuff going to college I was a marketing um marketing major and finance minor right like I so I learned some of it but that's like textbook marketing shit right? right like that's not like they didn't even teach us social media marketing in school. It's like, okay, well, maybe we should start teaching that. Yeah, uh, we probably should at this point. <laughs> yeah, we should. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just you, you fall on your face a, a hundred times. You fall on your face, what's I'm saying? You fall on your face seven times, stand up eight. Yeah. Um, and that's all we did. We just kept fucking trekking forward and um, it's all part of the process. So Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one thing that I think is awesome that brands like Pinned are doing um, and one that unfortunately I didn't get to take advantage of because it was just after I graduated, but signing college athletes with their NIL eligibility, a facet of marketing. Like we talked about social media marketing, isn't getting taught in schools. And this is something that was not around two, three years ago. How has that kind of helped things with pin getting the name out there and growing the brand, having these college athletes be a part of pin university? Oh, it's been huge. It's been huge. And I mean, they do such a good job at, at getting us out there and, um, last year we did a, a plethora of different athletes from swimmers to baseball players, to basketball players, football players, and everything. Um, and they were great. And then this year we decided to go a different route and just do all golfers. Mm. Um, so a kid, a local kid, Max, um, was sort of spearheading the entire putting together the roster. And he did a phenomenal job this year of just grabbing really talented golfers all across the country. Um, cause he was a division one golfer down at Elon 
and who he killed it. And he just became buddies with a lot of these players over the years. And uh, when I got connected with him, I was just like, dude, you're the perfect fit to kind of spearhead this operation. And I mean, now we have our product in the hands of really good golfers all across the country, right? Like these guys, when they go to the range, little kids are looking up to them. They're asking them like, Oh, what's that? Oh, like, where do I get one of those things? And even adults, right? Like a lot of these guys are better, better than their parents, friends and stuff like that. And they, they're out there and they see him using that and they're like, Oh, where'd you get that? Like, what is that? So having it in their hands and having their positive feedback and um, having them be the, the sort of the voice of, of us on courses that they play has been, has been huge for us because it just it adds another level of legitimacy, right? Like, me and my two co-founders, we hack it up at presidents. We go out, we have a good time, we crack some beers. But like these guys are competing at the highest level of golf, step below the PGA Tour. But again, eventually they'll get there. Right. And that's another really cool thing is like now we're fans of them, right? Like they're part of our pin family. But now I get to cheer them on. Now, yeah. I'm, now I'm watching them when they play amateur tournaments. Now I'm watching the scoreboard when they're playing in the the. PGA Tour Canada, right? Like I'm following the score, but I'm rooting for them. So that's just, that's a cool experience because like I told you, I, I wasn't really a, a golfer. So mm -hmm. like I'm learning things all the time about like how the amateur tour works and how all this other stuff works. Like I'm just a sponge trying to take it all in so I can kind of act like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> when, when it comes up. Absolutely. I was going to say like, you know, for brands that are like a step behind the eight ball on this and haven't like used the avenues of the NCAA letting kids sign with them. And, you yeah. know, it is a no brainer to me. Like, yes, I'm sure there are some brands where like, it doesn't make sense or like the, something doesn't add up. But like, if you have a product and you want to get the product in the hands of someone in the ages of 18 to 22, which is just about 90% of whatever you have in the marketplace, yeah. like you got to be doing this. It's a no brainer. It's like, <laughs> Like, what's it going to cost you? A couple bucks to send him a pin? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's it's nothing. It's and and that was our exact thought process, right? Like, it's it's risk free, right? Yeah. Like, we're we're getting it in their hands. They're giving us their candid feedback. We'll get a few social media posts out of it, and let's say no one, let's say they don't sell a single one. So what? We're out one unit. We got some content from it, and and all of that. Yeah, brand awareness is still a KPI. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So as a new golfer myself, and I know you said you don't know everything about golf, but you, you know way more than I do. <laughs> I got to ask you a few uh, rapid fire golf questions. Are you ready for this one? A little rip. All right. What's your favorite major to watch? Masters. Okay. That was, okay. That was, yeah. I mean, she's right. yeah. dumb question. I, I, got, I got to go this year too. So. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't gotten to go. I got to go to the U S open, but I didn't get to go to the masters. That's yeah. the next one. That's the next yeah. one. <laughs> The US Open was a good time too. Yeah, that was a, I mean, it's something about a Boston crowd at anything. Go ahead. Sorry. As it, as it pays to work in the golf industry, I got to go to both of them. So, yeah, pay, it pays. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, anything, anything with a Boston crowd, it, it's just, there's something unique about it. It doesn't matter if it's golf, it's, if it's football, if it's basketball, you know, it's, it's, it's still amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so All right. We're interrupting the rapid fire. No, no, it's 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 rapid fire. But then again, it's a podcast, so this is long form content. The better, the more we talk, the better it is. Anyway. All, right. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite club in your bag? Uh, favorite club in the bag, driver. Okay. <laughs> You're making this easy. You're making this easy. I was talking to a kid before this interview at my work, and he's like, "My dad's favorite club is his seven wood. He calls it his heaven wood." And I was like, "They have a seven wood." 
And that was my first question. <laughs> like, I've never even heard of that. I mean, yeah, I, I have a very uh, starter kit. I have a four hybrid, a five hybrid, six, seven, eight, nine irons, and a driver and a three wood. That's all I got. <laughs> and then the oh, putter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got Yeah, I put with my driver. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, what's your least favorite club in your bag? The one you can't stand and you never use? I would say this week it's my putter. I can't really putt. So I, I can never week, you know that, that, that's my answer. It depends on the week for my favorite club and my least favorite club. It depends on the week, depends on how I play. That's all I got. There you go. Mine's my three wood. I'm like, I'm like, I'm okay enough with my driver. I like just started hitting my hybrids pretty well at the range. And then I'll be like, all right, let's try the three wood. And I just like I like I just with it. And I'm like, that's going right back in the bag. <laughs> I'm just not touching that. <laughs> yeah. All right, and your favorite place to golf outside of New England? It could be a state, it could be a course, whatever you want it to be. Outside of New England, um, I'd say I'd say Florida. Okay. I, okay. Know, I haven't played too many places outside of New England, um, but uh, my roommate, my old roommate, bought a house, bought a condo down in Florida. So the last couple of years, we've been fortunate enough to go down there and, and sort of shack up at his place and uh, get to play a bunch of golf down there, which has been a blast. I love that. I love that. If you if you ever travel out west, I highly recommend Palm Springs. Go in like the spring when it's not as hot, but the, yeah. the courses down there are also insane. And they they just don't believe in the drought. They water the golf courses just as much as they should. <laughs> no, I, I do. My sister lives out in Los Angeles. So I okay. go out to California and and just play anywhere. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I that's the one thing. Like, I worked at the country club, and I never took advantage of the fact that we had two golf courses at our country club. And I just, I, uh, I, I missed yeah. the boat by about 10, 15 years. You're too busy swimming. You're too busy. Too busy swimming. Too busy swimming. bringing in the revenue for the exactly. club. We talked about this. Exactly. Not <laughs> that tennis pro who didn't know what he was doing. He's probably playing too much golf. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. I love that. All right. So who? All right. This is a tough one. It, it would make you think a little bit longer than the rapid fire here. You yeah. got a dream golf foursome. It doesn't have to be all golfers. It could be your friends. It could be athletes. It could be celebrities. It could be you know, dead or alive. Yeah. Who's who's who are your three picks for your golf foursome? Three picks. Because um, you you get to golf. Um, you know you you get to golf in that foursome. So you get three picks. <laughs> I'd say thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> or uh, I thought you mentioned I was going to be the caddy. Uh, <laughs> so I'd, I'd have to say. Uh, MJ. Okay. I mean, you gotta go Tiger. Yeah. So MJ Tiger, and then I'm from Boston. It's gotta be Brady. Good luck playing in that foursome. Jeez. I I'd be walking out of there with no shirt, no shoes. <laughs> you lose, you lose everything. <laughs> I would lose everything. What do you think the first bet MJ goes to the whole one? What do you think he's like the first bet? Is it longest drive or like what do you think Jordan says is the first bet when he gets to the tee box? Probably like even before that. It's probably like on the putting green, you know, or like how many beers can you drink in like two seconds or something, you know? Um, anytime. Oh, I, I, like a, a Jordan Tiger, like like pro am, like, like Jordan gets another pro and then Tiger goes with like Brady or something. Like I'm all for the match. Like those have been fun. But I, I want to get higher names up there. Like, you know, yeah. we want to watch the, the, the personalities. Like, yeah. I, it doesn't have to necessarily be the best golfers. Like, you're going to watch that for the personalities and, the, like, the, the bets per hole and all that stuff. You don't care yeah. about what they shoot. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. I, I think that – I thought the, the early on ones were, were better yeah. than, than the most recent ones. 
Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. As an amateur golfer yourself, how many balls are you losing at Pebble Beach? Two dozen. Three <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to tell you, the, so the first time I ever golfed 18 holes was this last year. At, we had a, our, our president's club trip down in, in Florida. Nice. And we got to we got to choose out whether we wanted a massage or golf 18 holes at, at Trump National Doral. And just because I was like, I can't, I can't be like the one guy that goes and does a massage with my girlfriend. I was like, I gotta, I gotta play golf. And sure enough, my CRO puts me in his foursome. And I was like, oh crap. Like, I was like, and everyone's like, don't worry. It's just, it's a, it's a four man scramble. Like we're just out there to have fun. I'm like, yeah, but I also have never swung a golf club before. Like there's a big difference for you guys who've been like, I've been playing golf since I've been 10. And like, I was like, that's not me. So I like I I I mustered through it, but if, if I don't know if you've ever played Doral, and we played um we I forget which one we played I think Silver Fox, but sixteen out of the eighteen holes have a water hazard, and I lost the two sleeves that they gave us each, so six right there, and then like we lost all of them, and then my CRO was just grabbing balls out of his bag. We get to the eighteenth hole, and he's like, "Boys, like we better not lose one because I've, I have one left." And we're like, <laughs> "Okay, like you're playing this one then. Like we're not, yeah. like we'll follow you. We'll caddy." <laughs> I'll putt. <laughs> yeah, I'll putt. I'll, I, my one saving grace was like, we had like, it wasn't even that impressive of a putt, but for me, it was like, a, it was like a 15 foot putt to save par for us. Yeah. Well, and then I, I sunk it. So I was like, yeah. all right, I'm good. I like sat, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> sipped on my transfusion the rest of the course. And yeah. <laughs> that was that. One uh, in the scrambles. As long as you have one good shot that people remember and you can hang your hat on, you're fine. Yeah, you're good to go. You're yeah, good to go. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up the rapid fire. Um, yeah. I got to ask, though, we got two questions left. This has been an absolute blast, by the way, Alec. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, what does the future for PIN look like for you? Future for PIN looks bright. Um, Love, looks that. Bright. Love that answer. Um, so we're just going to continue to innovate. I think, like you said, starting with the Pearl and ending up with the Prism, it's been just a, a drastic improvement. And... I don't see a reason why we would slow down anytime soon, right? Like we're only continuing to grow. Golf's going to continue to stay hot and continue to grow. And more and more golfers are going to get out on the course and more and more golfers are going to turn to technology to help improve their games. And that's where we fit right in. Um, so we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to, to bring on sales reps to help us grow. We're going to continue to bring on employees to help us grow. And um, the, the future is really bright. I love that. I love that. All right. I lied. We have, we have two things left. I forgot. We got to the portion of the show where you get to ask me anything here now. So I've got, I've asked you a hundred thousand questions. So I want to turn the mic over to you and see, you can ask me anything here. The, the, the floodgates are open. So feel free to, to ask me anything here. I can, I can see the gears are turning. You're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, let's see. What so you were a swimmer. What yeah. was your what was your specialty? So I was a distance swimmer. I swam the five hundred and the mile, and uh, I was the what they call the psychopath because no one likes to swim that. But if you're good enough, you're stuck in it. So uh, <laughs> like you're, you're the one kid that does it. Um, so that was those were my those were my strokes. So the five hundred the mile, and then I I putts around in the two free. That's the one thing I wish I was really good at because that's like the universally good swimmer event is like if you could do the two free well like everyone's like damn that's a good swimmer dude a mile how many fucking laps is that so um in swimming we call a laps just one length of the pool 
but it's so 60 66 <laughs> 66 lengths of the pool yeah yeah <laughs> that's outrageous now i did it in 16 minutes and 29 seconds was my or 24 seconds was my best 16 20 or something like that but like some of the guys i grew up swimming against like that went on to swim at stanford cal they do it in like 14 minutes and like 30 seconds <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is outrageous yeah it's 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 fast it it like that is cooking it, it is and like it's always the like the one event at the olympics that like they cut to commercial for and i'm like they like, yeah. get, like the first lap intermission you get like the first lap and they're like we'll be right back and it's like yeah. katie ledecky is about to win gold and I'm like i just missed the whole race like what the hell yeah she's, yeah, she's yeah she's a legendary distance swimmer she's so good i mean like phelps phelps will go down as the greatest olympian of all time um, and if you ever wants to come on the show, it's an open invite, but Katie, Lat- <laughs> before you even get there, wants a pinned range finder too. He's a, he's a golfer. Yeah. 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 Well, if you want to come on the show and get a pinned range finder, this is our open yeah. invite right here. <laughs> Perfect. I'm sure he's a big fan of the show. Um, and, <laughs> and, but I will say, so Phelps is the greatest Olympian of all time and any sport doesn't matter. I think Katie Ledecky is the most dominant female swimmer or swimmer of our generation like the times that she put up when she was 15 years old to the time she's putting up now in the in the span that she just demolishes the competition i don't think there's a there's anyone that's going to catch the times that she was doing so that's my uh there's my there's your uh swimming swimming information for you yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy um fuck i had a follow-up question i just completely spaced on it Phelps getting a pinned range finder. Did you swim at at Providence? Yeah, I swim at Providence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big East. That's that's sick. And that's wild, dude. I can't even imagine swimming 66 fucking down and down. (laughs) You get a lap counter. You get someone to count your laps for you. Uh, You like tell you how how many more laps you got to go. But it kind of like made it worse. It kind of made it worse because you're like, oh shit, I'm only at 30 laps. You know, (laughs) like I got so much more to go. (laughs) Oh man. All right. So we got to the last portion here. We ask all of our guests this. And like I said, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'll have to go play at Granite Lakes for something soon uh, and see who's the true amateur golfer here. But if you had to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Um, shout out my roommate just walked Yeah, that was great. That was a great entrance. Shout out him. <laughs> this is what this this is what audio is for, baby. This is what audio is for. Musician <laughs> right here. Check out his new single, "City on the Hill." Um, Love it. <laughs> We're giving everybody the shout outs today. Yeah, I really might might as well, right? Everyone will be fan the show now. Right. Um, what would my autobiography be? Autobiography be called be called Lorenzo's Italian Ice. I love it. Yes, bring it back. Lorenzo's That's called bringing it back. <laughs> That's what it would be called. And it would be, the cover would be the logo and that's what we would be rocking with. I love that. I love that. Well, Alec, this has been an absolute blast, man. Like I said, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing incredible stuff over there at Pinned. And uh, like I said, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Dude, Appreciate it, man. It was a blast. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again at some point. But again, thank you very much. And uh, That was great. Awesome.